0: In order to get beyond your shadow you have to be okay with some smaller version of the way you do it and so for me I came up with this 70% rule and said I can I live with something done at 70% of the way I do it and if I trust myself the most and I give myself the most benefit of the doubt well can I find people that have values that are similar to mine the same kind of cultural mindset but have different skills and talents and can I give them room To do something that looks like 70% of the way I would do it. When I started putting that into practice is when I really was able to build something beyond my shadow.
1: Are you a follower of Jesus that feels called to expand the kingdom of God through building and growing successful businesses? If that's you, then welcome to the Kingdom Capitalist Show that interviews amazing Christians using their business and money-making abilities to expand God's kingdom all over the globe. I'm your host, Ellis Hammond, and welcome to the show. Welcome everybody to the Kingdom Capitalist Show. We have already had some amazing conversation before we hit record today. And, and so we're just like, let's let's go ahead and get this thing going. I'm so excited for y'all to be here. Um, and the guests that we have on this show, I literally couldn't sleep last night. Just thinking about the, the conversation we're gonna have, uh, we met in Austin, Texas, and it was about 1 a.m. And I think we decided we finally should go to bed after our conversations. And so I am so pumped to be able to bring this guest on With you today, before I introduce them, um, something we've been creating that really is from the heart that I want to be able to share with you. We have created a 12-day devotional for Christian CEOs, entrepreneurs, business owners, and it's actually um, it's a it really is a devotional for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. And so we have taken actually a lot of the guests of this show that you've been listening to, and we asked them to write one to three devotionals. Uh, some things that they have learned, things that they've been wrestling through as they think about building a business and creating wealth, but how does that really serve God and his kingdom? And we have put together just an awesome, awesome devotional. I'm excited to be able to share that with you. And so if you just go to kingdomcapitalist.co forward slash bonuses, uh, we're going to create really a, a page where we're going to create a bunch of, a bunch of resources for you. And that's the first one that you can grab there it is our devotional. So, uh, make sure you check that out. Um, but without further ado, uh, our guest today—he has uh, built not one, not two, not even three, but four eight-figure businesses. Uh, but maybe the more impressive thing is he's about to approach his 25th wedding anniversary, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And if that's not impressive, he lives—he's done all of this in Cleveland, Ohio. So that's a, <laughs> thats another great bonus as well. So everybody, welcome to the show, Vinny Fisher uh Elias thanks for having me and
0: I all those things you said just means I'm old so
1: I uh, (laughs) I I I don't know about that man um uh,
0: what's on my heart right now is to add to that devotional piece that like you and I right now like father I just I right now I just give this show over to you I, I I seek union with you father I am a son uh, Elias, we're sons and you are our father and just father us during this show and allow the words that come out, the, the things that happen, the, the riches of, of this kingdom, allow it to flow through us so that not only uh, Elias and myself get it, but all of the listeners will benefit from uh, the wisdom that you allow us to have.
1: Hey man, Vinny, I, I really appreciate that. First of all, Ellis, I know we've only met twice, but oh. it's okay. So I'm gonna give you grace oh on God. that one. You know, our audience is laughing at you. It's okay. You know, right. but this is you that's know it, we're <laughs> it.
0: funny. I I know why I said that, we're gonna get into that drama of that discussion. But, I
1: but listen, I appreciate that so much because we always pray before we get on the show, oh, and cool. uh, that was without um without lead. So thank you, brother, for just even ushering us into this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really means a lot. Um, all right. So, by, by the way, I've gone a lot without him in many places, <laughs> and that seems to go better when he's involved than yeah. when he's not. So, yeah, I
0: I invite- that,
1: that is the purpose of this show. I mean, I, I hope our audience is okay with this. I told you for the show, I just want to have a conversation with you because I, I enjoyed our time so much together, and there's so, like, there's so much wealth here in this combo. Yeah. Um, as you've walked with God for many of years, you built so many businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think so many people are going to be just absolutely blessed by this time and so um but I, I did when I just because I've been doing some research on you and I know you're oh from, uh, <laughs> there's a lot man you actually if you go to your YouTube channel I think you, you might even have some hair on some of those <laughs> videos <laughs> um but uh first question were yeah. you there when LeBron won the finals in Cleveland
0: well you know we won it in Golden State and so uh, I watched game seven from uh uh, the movie room of one of my closest friends, and we were hugging and embracing as Kyrie hit that shot. And so I did not go to Golden State for it because the game wasn't at home. Uh, but no, I, I I, actually, matter of fact, the years of those four years when we were consecutively in the championship. Um, i was deb and i were traveling so i would get up at three in the morning to watch those games and go on with our vacation and what we we're doing so i bled those championships
1: against <laughs> golden state and yeah. so i
0: was i flew home the night before and we got to see game
1: seven um in their home that was amazing uh, what a what a great what a great win what a great series for for that city and that state yeah right mean, we have a
0: chip on our shoulder here in cleveland so <laughs> The whole way that was won was just embodied that whole chip on our
1: shoulders. So. Now you just need the Browns to do something, man. That's that's really that would be the full redemption cycle right there, wouldn't
0: it? they make the playoffs. Everyone, the <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Well, uh, so before I did, let's let's start to where we kind of you know when we hit record, we were talking yeah. about uh, just where you are in life. I mean, you've already you know had four successful ventures over eight figures. You're you know uh, ink five hundred or five thousand. I mean, your your business is taken off with fully accountable. Yeah. you said something really interesting you said you're just in a season of um developing people and discipleship and and that's both in your family and in your business so just i don't know man i'd love to hear just kind of where you are in life right now and and what life actually looks like for you at the moment
0: you know i um, am a favorite author of mine that um is another brother in christ a guy named john eldridge and he um he wrote an original book that put him on the map, Wild at Heart. But his secondary book to that, Father by God, kind of laid out these stages of kingdom men. You know, and, and, and when you get out of that warrior phase, when you talk about all those businesses I created, I was a warrior, right? Knocking down business after business, well, through wisdom and time. And I'm in this like kingdom phase where I'm the king of a lot that's been entrusted to me. And so during this time, like I'm spending all of my time a vast majority of it in developing the leadership uh, all around me through my wife through my children through my executive team here in the company through um, the ministry of other men who are leading businesses and so my whole time this season of my life is is one moment after another of continually having the privilege to disciple uh leaders yeah
1: and how old are your children, just for context?
0: Yeah, I have four, 19, 17, 15, and 13. Gosh, all boys? Two girls, bookend oh, wow. girls. So 19 and 13 are, my, are, are the young women in my life. Incredible,
1: incredible. So, so you're in this season, um, I, I guess – so let's go back then a little bit. Like let's start back uh, to to kind of where this all began, and and maybe we will not go back to the beginning of business. What I want to really focus on because I know that you're a believer and your your faith is massively important to you. That's how we, why I think we hit it off. Why don't we start there, Vinny? Because what I want to dive into, man. What I want to get to know about you today is like you've been incredibly successful, but I know that you have not always done that with God. You know, like there has been seasons. And I don't know how early it was when your faith journey really began to where you are now, but that's kind of what I want to get into today is where that faith journey began and just, I don't know. I want to begin begin to parse out how has business looked different kind of in each of those seasons. And so maybe start there, like when, when you, you know, when, when Christ really entered your life.
0: Yeah. So I, I was in a pretty broken family, kind of the name, one of the names the Lord has given me is this comeback kid. Mm. And, um, Kind of coming back to him, and so I, I had the desire and pursuit of him for a long time. But I didn't actually become a, a a dedicated follower of Christ until I was 28 years old. And so, and even then, when that kicked in, I, I um, that would have been a, wasn't a complete heart change. I mean, it was real, and I believed in Christ. But I would have had a journey in business where, because of the agreements I made in my life. I was the most important person in my life. I was my best friend. I was the one I trusted the most. I had made some agreements that I was all on my own. And so in the early days of of being a husband, in the early days of raising my children, in the early days of business acquisition, I would have said that I struggled greatly with the idolatry of self. Like I believed only in myself. And so whatever good idea I thought I had, whatever prompting by doing it myself that I had whatever rumbling in my own belly that I had, you know, I would have been my own fool's counsel and I chased everything. And so I would have um, fortunately been able to do some things, but I also had a massive path of destruction where I would make a lot and give a lot back where I would make progress in my marriage and give a lot of it back. And when you're, I was relying on self and, and, and then this idea of when I, really had a massive journey and wholeheartedness was when I found some forgiveness in my heart towards kind of the passivity of my dad and what happened in that journey of my life. Well, it was kind of really like the last five years of my journey that I would say I've been the most wholehearted and the most in union with Christ that I have um, quite honestly ever been. And uh, right now, as I sit here with you, I'm probably the most wholehearted that I can ever recall. And that idea that when Jesus came to restore all things that were lost, I, I have very great comfort from that. And I think about those passages regularly because I was a very broken guy. I come from really broken stuff. And I uh, to me, like things like lying and posing and stealing and um, um, like uh, say one thing but do another, all of those things, gossip, malice, envy, those were just normal to me. Mm-hmm. I, I remember when my wife confronted me about like straight up lying and posing. And I'm like, well, you, you, you show people one picture of you because that's important so that you can you know, manipulate and get ahead and do all the things you need to do. And she's like, no, that's not normal, babe. I'm like, yeah, it is. She's like, no, that's not good. And, I like, and the Lord lovingly used her as this punch in my face mm-hmm. to kind of wake me up to the idea that that was this massively wide road that was going to lead to my destruction. And I'm so thankful that he loved me so much that he didn't give up that he promised forever to never forsake me. And that Mm. in all of that, my journey has been around the bottom of that round a bunch. And I, and, and and I'll tell you, I've been able to endure because, you know, I know I'm throwing a lot of scripture out, but it rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. And in my unrighteous time, I was building some killer businesses because I work hard. I'm a grinder. I like, I don't give up. I keep doing things that that's not a, prosperity message that's just a message of realness right was just doing the work but at the same time i had such an emptiness to my soul like i was growing this great business and i remember i'll tell you the most i wrote about this in one of my books but i remember getting a big check so much so big that it's probably better i just leave it (laughs) and i deposited it and my first emotion after that big check was completely gone from this excitement that i got it I'm a poor kid, right? And it immediately turned to, I need more. Mm. And right at that time, it started me down this journey of like this cravings of the pride of life and the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh that, you know, I I was trying to be satisfied by things that were never going to satisfy my thirst.
1: What, I mean, the the Sunday school answer would be Jesus. I know that, but let's keep going on that story though you you had that how old was that when you got that first big check
0: that's a great question i was uh let's see that would have been um well I'll say heck i wrote about it in that book so <laughs> what book this one right here CEO's mindset yeah Guys, I also guys. wrote about it in a book called the uh, kind of like my cleansing book of forgiveness to myself that was, you can find in our stuff. But um,
1: yeah, the I Back. didn't know you had books until I was researching you, so I've already bought yeah. al- them, they're, they're already in the mail. So I'm, I'm yeah, cool. I,
0: I will <laughs> send them, them, by the way. We have, uh, we've created a gift for everyone. You know, It's at fullyaccountable.com forward slash kingdomcapitalists. We have Ooh. you know all they do is go there and they get gifts that are just for our people. They get our books, a nice little package sent to them, Love help it. them with stuff to go along with their journey about kind of helping an entrepreneur in this space and deal with your back office stuff. So I encourage everyone, I know your show notes will have that link. Yep. Just go take advantage of that gift that's it. yours. It's Thank trying you. to help you move ahead and we'll get back to that. But that idea of when that whole like emptiness attached to acquisition listen i don't i am not sitting here saying that i don't enjoy having the um the prosperity and the, and the abundance that the lord has logged in and have i am not going to sit here and say no we're going to
1: talk about when you drove that ferrari to church don't worry we're going to get into that story <laughs> I, i'm not here to say i
0: don't enjoy actually having it but it didn't actually create fulfillment yeah. and that check and that whole process that was 2008 when that happened and uh at that point we have we're on the edge of that eight figure business being a nine figure business so we were making some revenue and I literally walked into my partner's uh, office uh, in 09 and I said I'm done I actually have a hate relationship to this ten million dollar a month company Mm -hmm. at that point we wouldn't say nine figures because it was only for like a six month period where it did that kind of revenue but you know, I—it's I, like we're either selling it, or I'm out. And he, and he, and to his credit, he's like, "Who are we selling it to?" Because we were and uh, we wanted to keep going at it together. And um, you know, I I I I started seeing more value. I never saw value in myself. I never actually saw the value that I was fearfully and wonderfully made. So I didn't translate into seeing value in other stuff. I was—I set out to make money. I didn't set out to uh, help. And when I started to change that. It's really when significance started. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. What? So here's a great question. Then what was? What's the biggest difference between the Vinny now and Number Four business? Number Four, and like not not the business, right? But but Vinny. Yeah, it's it's business number one, or that that business. Let's you know even.
0: It's not the business because I could have been those other businesses. They were good businesses. It was me that was jacked up. And so the big difference is is really an identity. You know we talk about this idea of working out, you know Philippians 2:12 idea, this fear and trembling of your faith. Mm-hmm. But if you don't really understand this idea of being a royal priesthood, chosen, and that you are forgiven, and that like you there's a reason why your heart is soft, that you have ears to hear and eyes to see, if you don't see the glory of the kingdom. And I know like, there are a lot of men and women listening right now who are at different levels of being able to hear our Father. I know. I know. And it was so noisy, it was so loud, and I couldn't hear him, even though he was there. And when I actually started to be able to believe in forgiveness of myself for all those awful things that I would have done that was just lacked any righteousness and any glory of the Lord, like that was it. And because of that, like I couldn't forgive others. I couldn't forgive my dad. I couldn't forgive and acknowledge the wounds. I couldn't deal with my mom's stuff. I couldn't deal with. Um, the complete missing or inequity of all of the things missing and holding back my friendship with Debbie, Mm -hmm. all of that is actually, you ask anyone on my executive team, a few of them have been with me long enough. Like you're a different guy. And because I found a depth in my heart, like it's like this like glass or I'll I'll use a better example because they can see it. It's like this bottle of water. I used to believe that it's half full. I thought everyone's heart was like that. And it, When I found forgiveness, I I realized that there was a whole other layer in my heart where like the Lord like gave me provision that I actually like people. And I, before that thought that everyone was just a little annoyed or a little bothered, or we just kind of made up the rest of it. And I was like, holy cow, I I actually like people. I like the differences of people. I like things. And my kindness towards my wife and my children started to show up. My kids were like, dad, you're a different guy. Mm -hmm. And my not, they used to call me sparky, I'd like quick to jump and be so annoyed at things. And I work like I'm a control freak. So I would be easily annoyed at the people not listening to my exact thing. And I used to make jokes like, well, I'm always right. You should listen to me. And so instead of being funny about it, I was generally annoyed because I believed that. Now, I joke in today and say that, you know, I have the, the, the joy of being mostly right. So I have that burden. And it's fun and it's a joke. But before, I kind of would buy into that crap. And it, I was always, always just enough annoyed that I did not understand joy. And so things like being content sounded like being complacent. So when I found places in my business, we grew and it got to a point where things were running well. I would be like bored, but that boredom, instead of it being like a blessing towards margin and do something else, I would hear and feel this like insecurity of being complacent and then I would want to go do things to it. So I was restless. I would never celebrate a victory. I was craving more. I would never find being like content in certain stages of it. And so I was robbing the journey completely. And like, I mean like, Oh my gosh, what a tragedy. And I look and I say, wow, what a tragedy. Mm. That's different. That guy, that old self it seems so long ago that I, with great joy, can point you through him, but and point you back to a guy who is not that guy at all. Anymore.
1: I love what you said. That really hit me right there, Vinny, when you said I mistook contentment with complacency. That's something I want to dive into because I think that's what I, I really struggle, man, to celebrate my wins. Like, mm. I even find myself going, you know, as I'm working throughout the day, I'm like, man, I, I just work at a fast pace because I am just trying to get things done as quick as possible. Cause I want to keep going. And if there's any free time, you know, I'm like, you know, we just got to go harder. So I guess I want to like, what does that look like now for you then? Cause it's not like you um, are doing less or maybe you are, but I mean, you're still, you still now have a very successful company with fully accountable. What does contentment look like as a, you know, seven, eight figure business owner. Cause I think that's something I know a lot of people are struggling with right now. Like they want to grow their business. They feel called to grow their business so that they can do really good stuff with it. Um, But there, you know, there's that, like, I guess I would just love to hear from you, man. What does contentment look like as someone who is trying to grow to seven figures to eight figures? How and especially in the first or second, you know, you've done this four times now. I mean, most people, aren't, you know, aren't there yet, or they're kind of in that first one trying to get there. Let's talk about that.
0: All right, a couple things. I want to acknowledge openly, I am a growth freak. At all times, I want things to be bigger than they are.
1: Well, that's okay. everybody on this show. That's our audience. So that you're, well, you're, you're in the right skin. place.
0: Like, yeah. I serve the false idol of growth. Like growth, 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 growth. So <laughs> much so, Eli, Eli I, yeah. <laughs> so here I am all messed up. I wrote this book about my profits yeah my problem with gross revenue solving all issues so i just want to start there now i want to at the time when i wrote one of our books I, i i came up with what i thought was my own term but other people have talked about the thing called the entrepreneur's gap and so i suffer greatly from this it's wanting one thing but you get another so a great example would have been i was you know, in my acquisition phase, when we had little babies. I was growing our first big company. I had 500 employees on the payroll and I'm racing around everywhere. Well, I got pretty chunky and ate a lot and was pretty heavy. And I, I, I jokingly said I turned from a, you know, a fat skinny kid to a skinny fat kid. And we joked a lot about that. My kids would tease me. Well, I set out to lose 25 pounds and I lost 20. And I actually thought that I was a loser because i missed that shot and i think in business when i look at those things where like i set out to double the size of the revenue of fully accountable last year and we hit 1.7 times growth not double in growth and i actually felt inadequate i missed it and these are this is where like the enemy takes shots in your story because I, 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 I felt shame and I felt short. And I didn't, like my story was like, I was always just a little bit under what would have been the right amount. And instead of being like, wow, we got 1.7, 1.8, 1.73% X growth. I was like, man, we didn't get to it. And And some people in my life are like, but that's amazing. Does anyone grow like that? And so when you look at this idea of the gap, you start to really appreciate this idea of being complacent versus content because this cravings, this thing starts to run up against another core issue of mine that I think a lot of entrepreneurs have is I had to make some honest commitments early in my awareness journey, but I had I had this desire to be the hero. And so when I run up against a situation where, Things grow beyond my shadow, and other people are doing things and they're successful at it. And all of a sudden, my name becomes a footnote or an afterthought. Well, am I celebrating that or am I breaking it because I want to get back involved in it? And I found myself breaking things in this theory of boredom that was more of a blessing to create margin because it wasn't the light shining on me. Yeah. And, buddy, I broke one or two of my businesses. Like else, I'm being real here. Like I broke things because I needed to be the hero of the story.
1: That's that's. I mean, I was gonna ask you about that. I have it in my notes because you wrote at least a couple blogs that I found, and and possibly even a book about this idea of um, what you just said. Like uh, leaders have to grow, or in order to really grow a business, you have to grow beyond the shadow of its leader. It's kind of what you were referring to there. Um, Yeah, I mean, let's dive into that a little bit. I mean, how is that? you know, to, to, to really get to the next level in your business. What does that look like to grow beyond the shadow of a leader? And I love this idea of the hero complex. I'm
0: going to get CEO's mindset. Anyone who wants it, just go to that link and get it. My team will delightfully send it to you. Uh, One of the things I realized in this journey of being the hero and having a hero's complex is that really this entrepreneur, there's two types of entrepreneurs. There's really the entrepreneur who, there might be a couple, but there's for sure two. There's the one who sets out to just make money. And there's the one who sets out to grow a business. And I think the second one, there might be a few of them, but usually it's a transformation from being someone who just sets out to make money and they actually stumble into something that's a business. And I don't think we very purposely kind of do it. I think as we get a little older and wiser, maybe we do. But I think when you're younger, you definitely just kind of shooting from the hip. Well, It was during all that when I saw like, if I wanted a business and an enterprise to really grow, I started to look at my shadow effect Mm. on the company. And so stupid examples or good ones, but stupid stuff would be like if customer service had one complaint and I heard it, I would come in and massively overreact. I'd be like that lightning bolt that nailed the tree, right? I would strike right to the middle. The most destructive thing to a tree is a lightning bolt. And I was being, I was knocking down forests with coming in and overreacting in our business. And in the process, I would run over top of our customer service manager. I would run over top of our CLO because I would come in as the founder, CEO, and be like, that's got to get fixed. And because I said so, and I would massively disrupt the business. Or I would come in with seven ideas and we would not see one through because my next one was better than my one that we didn't finish 15 minutes ago. And this whole arrogance that was built around my pursuit of moving forward um, had me honestly reflect the most amazing gift that was given to me was if, in order to get beyond your shadow, you have to be okay with some smaller version of the way you do it. Mm. And so for me, I came up with this 70% rule. I said, I, can I live with something done at 70% of the way I do it? And if I trust myself the most and I give myself the most benefit of the doubt, well, can I find people that have values that are similar to mine, with the same kind of cultural mindset, but have different skills and talents? And can I give them room to do something that looks like 70% of the way I would do it? Yeah. When I started putting that into practice is when I really was able to build something beyond my shadow. And for with my kind of personality, I'm a massive quick start, but I'm not someone who sticks around for the long haul, meaning I need other amazing people. I need the power of team in order to really have a powerful organization.
1: Yeah, you've done such an amazing job in building teams. You know, we've talked extensively about, you know, kind of your, who you started with and really developing in-house. I want to talk about that because I'm, it's actually one of the questions I wrote down for you just to ask kind of selfishly is like, should I hire? Should I not hire? And and who should I hire? And so I, yeah, who was, you know, we, we've we kind of talked about your your most important people around you. Who have been the most important, I don't want to call them puzzle pieces because I know they're more than that to you, but who have been the most important people kind of on your exec team throughout these four businesses? Um, and as, you know, mid-size, you know, early to mid-size entrepreneurs, what would you recommend really?
0: I have... Two business partners, Chris and Rachel, you know, I own the majority of our operations and they each own their, their piece of it. Um, But they um, weren't with me with all four ventures. Um, I had other partners in some of that. Um, But you know, when I think of Chris and Rachel and I think of Rachel right now as part of your question, she's our COO. And um, we've had seven years together. And I plucked her out of law school and she kind of, you know, birthed out of her business egg with me. And she's like a daughter to me now, like I can get emotional here having a discussion about, um, you know, I'm in a journey now where I'm kind of leading her to Christ and showing her uh, the love of our father. It's so exciting. And she's so awesome. And but in, in this process, she is someone who's a perfectionist, now, someone who's a flip-flop hippie like me, having a perfectionist at my hip was exactly what I needed. Yeah. You know, she is a hammer and everything is a nail. And I'm not that at all. So when I think of our ability to be like the one-two punch, she is a wonderful part. And she doesn't want at all this vision, mission, look around the corner, guess that's massively overwhelming to her. She loves being a valuable part of a team. She loves, you know, one of the things I think we make mistakes as entrepreneurs, we think that everyone wants to act like us. We think that everyone wants to like go out and take this risk and and guess on looking around the corner and have proper vision and try to risk strategy. That's actually, she just wants to implement a clear strategy. She doesn't want to have to be responsible for the one developing all that and that's so joyful that we both know that about ourselves
1: yeah two questions on that one i want to know how long it took you to figure out that that's that's who you are and that's what you needed and and i definitely want to dive into that point because that's what i wanted to ask you like you know we talked about this back in austin that realization that not everybody wants to be number 1 and i and i and you know like I need to be less judgmental on why isn't everybody like me either, right? Like we don't want everybody to be the CEO or the visionary. Nothing would get done. So talk about maybe when you realized that, because you said that was just, she's only been with you eight years. So did it take you that long to figure out you needed that? And then, yeah, that idea that not everybody can be like we, you know, we, we should be thankful there are people who don't want to be in the, the CEO role.
0: You know, there's a famous part of scripture, and you know I know the faith is important to you, and it is to me. And so, when people are like, what's the best business book you read? It, it, there are good, all books have not all books, most books have good principles in them. But there's one book that is filled with principles. It's a Bible, and one specific section there's Corinthians that talks about different body parts. If you're a leader of a business, you need to go read Corinthians about the body parts because each part of the body is it's a great analogy for business. There are different body parts that are critical to the operation of a yeah. good organization. I don't care if it's for profit or not for profit. And I, whether or not it's a vocational ministry or not, there are different body parts that are needed. And so, um, the, the one of the blessings of an entrepreneur is our desire to run into the burning building or jump off the cliff and not measure too many of the risks on the way in or out or over, one of the detriments of that type of thing is running into a burning building without uh, water or jumping off a cliff without a parachute or 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 being blindsided um there's risks and so along the way an entrepreneur is a control freak is a monger is goes after things and so it takes a long time to realize you're not good at everything. You you come to trust yourself. That's why most entrepreneurships are solopreneurs because they never break out of this. You know, the vast majority of business people are just by themselves because they don't break out of this like thing that... You can't do everything. And so this idea, like some good business books out there, like Dream Manager and like Gino Wickman Wickman wrote a book on traction about he started identifying Uh, the one minute manager did the same thing about this idea of managers, you know, visionaries and someone who actually operationally kind of like does the tech work. You know, you can give those, there's different names under whichever book you read kind of puts skin on those. Well, at best, you're one, maybe two of those. You're never all three of them. But most entrepreneurs try to wear all those hats. And so along the way, I realized I was an awful manager. I could play technician for a while, but I'm really someone who is privileged with good marketing and good vision, and I can develop strategy so that if I can find a good manager with me. I found that in Rachel, who just yeah. loves the joy of managing, and you know, she think of this situation where you have a home and you have all the plumbing in it. You know, for someone like me, if there's a clog somewhere in the pipe, I'm like, what do I do to get that clog out? Well, a perfectionist wants to rebuild the piping system. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so that's so wonderful. I would never think to build the piping system. I would just want to get the clog out of there. And so we just think differently about that. And I, I'll tell you. When, when you can get and fight that noise of the hero complex and you can realize that in order to be a, be to add maturity to your, to your entrepreneurship, you gotta start taking the risk and trusting people on your team. And whether or not you, you're like me and you believe more in um, farm system or you f- believe in free agency, under either scenario, the, the, the heart that the Lord's built in me with all the talents I have, you can go on my website and see my core values are caring, competency and commitment. And all those sub traits in there are literally a vision of my heart. I believe that small business, its heartbeat is you and I. And that when you can get people around you that their heart beats very similar to yours, you can give them the same kind of benefit of doubt you can give yourself. And so then questions like expansion and hiring become more fiscal in nature. They become like questions of, can we afford expansion? Or can we afford to not afford to expand mm-hmm. and so you start looking at through the language of business which is finance just enough fluency you start asking better questions because you start realizing in order to have something real it does require expansion you can't do it all alone right. um and now hey i'm okay with the technician who wants a solopreneurship working from home there is those are wonderful great businesses but you can't live in this like friction that you want something more and you keep doing that Just Celebrate that that's what you've got. If you want to fight through something bigger, you got to fight this noise that you can do everything.
1: Yeah, no, that's excellent. I love there's, and there's two questions there that you said. There's one of, uh, can we afford this or can we, can we, you know, can we afford not to do this? And I, those are two different questions because at some point it's not like, oh, well, we don't, you know, and that's the question I'm asking right now. The cash flow is not necessarily there, but could it be there if we put, if we implemented someone else there to kind of do the things that are, Kind of getting put off to the side, and so I think those are two massive questions. Well,
0: here's the here's the test I give myself regularly, and again, I even give you this whole role thing inside the book with some worksheets for you. But this is the question I ask myself: If I'm wearing more than one hat, Mm. and the smaller the organization, the truth of that is just automatic. If I'm wearing more than one hat, which one am I wearing that's holding us back? And you can look at where's the highest and best use? Where am I supposed to be? People talk like these. Where's my zone of genius? There's all kinds of language put around where am I supposed to be versus what am I doing that I shouldn't be doing right now? Well, I will tell you that you're usually already spending that money. You're usually spending it in multiple ways, right? And so I would evaluate that most business owners are already either wasting or spending the money that they can reallocate towards helping remove roles um, that they shouldn't be doing in their business. And one way you're already spending the money is this idea of like giving it away in a leaky bucket. So for example, like I just pick on a business close to home, let's just say your back office is being run by the guy who's in charge of revenue. Well, if you're completely busy driving revenue, you're not paying attention to your leaky bucket, you might already be spending the money in the waste You could be by helping having somebody do that work for you so that you could actually pay attention to the more important part of the business. And so that is so important for us as entrepreneurs to double click on enterprise, this idea of maturing our operation, you know, that that's never going to happen unless the entrepreneur like starts to understand stewardship and fidelity and all these wonderful words of valor that go along with the privilege the parable of the talent you've been given something. What are you gonna do with it? You're gonna go bury it in the backyard or you're, you're gonna multiply it. And that is that is the entrepreneurial gap right there.
1: Yeah, no, it's beautiful. All right. I want to take a little bit different direction because all right guys, go get Vinny's books. Like go to the he's gonna get tell us the site again so they can go to,
0: to fullyaccountable.com forward slash kingdom capitalists.
1: All right, Those, go Go get those resources because that what we're talking about right now. I know are all in those books. We're gonna take. We're gonna get. We're gonna do some stuff that maybe is not in the book because, this this stories this brother's got will make you <laughs> hurt in the spleen. You'll be laughing so hard. So we'll see if we can get any of these. But I got a I got a couple questions for you, just as a man of God who is very successful successful in business, um, and I just want to get real a little bit on this show. I you know, and uh. Hope nobody at my church is listening to this, but I'm sure they do. Uh, but we're gonna what I want what I wanna ask and is how do you as a seven or eight figure mm-hmm. business owner, how do you show up at church? Right? Like, and the reason I ask that, and I don't I really don't want to be demeaning, but it is different. And we've had this conversation. You think differently, you're making more money, you're making bigger decisions. So really simply, I guess I just want to ask, how do you, as a seven or eight figure business owner, how do you show up at church? And if you need more context, that question, we can talk about it, but let me just ask it that way.
0: I've been asked a version of this question um, quite often. It's, it's interesting because I sit in a situation where, right, I mean, we don't want for much. Deb and I have a lot. We've, um, we, we sit in that top 1% of the category. So of right. course, we're going to be asked this question, Right. A uh, couple things. One is, I don't know that there's a square footage on someone's home in their faith. But Jesus did instruct more on money than he did on anything else combined, right? And so Jesus talks a lot about money. He talks about you know, where your treasure is. Is you know, look, you'll find your heart. Where you know the, the road and path in the kingdom for a man of wealth is going to be very hard. There's you know the eye of the needle. There's lots of scripture that talks about things that you know where you know we're out without. Uh, persecution, without suffering, what's the need for Christ? Like all that stuff is real. So how do I show up to church? And I hope without, without arrogance, and I hope with a fear and trembling, I'm really good friends with one of our pastors, a couple of them, but one of them, and you know, he has to show up with that same issue every week, vocationally leading a whole flock, where half the room likes him and half doesn't. The president of the United States has, has half of any time people voting for him and half not. Even some of the ones who are voting for him don't even like him. Same is true in leadership. Same is showing up at church. There's, there's a seed of jealousy and a seed of haves and haves-nots. And, you know, I have to, I, I, you'll be known by your fruits. I show up to church. I have to remember that, like, just because I've made more money than the vast majority of the room shouldn't put me on some kind of pedestal. I, I have my own sin issues that I, I need to lean on our Lord. And so if I can, with great compassion, humble and not be exalted and not sit at the banquet table in the wrong spot, well then, you know what? How am I any different? Like, I just, I've just been, my vocation, I've been more successful in, um, but wealth isn't determined by the size of my bank account, my ability to take my bride on a fun cruise might be, but my wealth is generational. My wealth is cycle breaking. My, wife, my wealth is things that are stored up that citizens of, of this earth will never understand because they don't have the same passport. Mm. So I show up just like everyone else. Now I can be arrogant, I can be broken, I can be lacking humility. I can be bothered by passivity of men or I can be bothered by laziness. And those are attacks that the enemy will use wherever I open up a crack of the door or just a slight part of the window. He will try to get a foothold into the arrogance of my heart or into the snobbishery of of being more elite. It's easier for me because I was a poor kid. So I don't kind of forget, I have very like poor tendencies. And I have to fight a poverty mindset very often because I, I will think of things like, i kicked my coverage or, you know, I'm just, I'm just a simple guy and all these like platitudes that maybe don't really mean much in the kingdom. But quite honestly, like humility, um, graciousness. I am so thankful for the people on our team. It keeps me massively grounded to be able to do the things I do. I love doing the stuff I do. I don't miss, I don't feel bad taking six weeks and going on vacation and going here and going there. Because if I can be wholehearted in doing the things I do, well, I'll just take the bullets that come along at church. I with much is given, much, much, much is expected. And so people come up, they ask questions all the time. Hey man, what about this? What about that? And I gotta be honest with you, when the light's shining on you and it's a little greater than the light coming out of you, you're gonna do things like, yeah, it's all about me. It's cause I'm amazing. And and I can look at times where I've been like arrogantly bothered by someone asking me a question like, come on, don't waste my time. My time's more valuable than that. And then there are times when I'm humble and I'm gracious and I'm thankful and I will give a more loving, compassionate, mercy filled amount of time and answer to my relationship to other brothers and sisters who are struggling with a lot of the same stuff
1: what's a story where you've really blown it?
0: Oh, oh boy. Um, <laughs> I, I can name Is that a okay to it. ask? You know what? If we can't sit and talk about the stuff that we've blown it on, then we're still posing and we really haven't sought a union in Christ. So, um, what subject do we want to be blown in? Want to be blown in my personal <laughs> life marriage? you want to be a subject where I've blown it in business? you want to be in a subject where I've blown it in friendship, where I've lied, um, where I've lacked fidelity? What subject would you mm-hmm. like to jump into that?
1: No, I, I, let's stay on this topic of, of being a, a, a Christ follower in the context of, a, of the body, the church. Yeah, so um, I'll
0: give you a great example. We owned a, a publishing company, um, me and two other former partners, uh, and we got sued by the attorney general of the state of Ohio. Um, for false claims, which turned out not to be ours, was a company that bought our company. We got wrapped up in this nasty mess. (laughs) Well, I land the plane coming home from a, a Disney cruise that Deb and I and the kids and extended family were on. Phone was off. Soon as I turned the phone on, boop, 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 boop. phone blowing up. Oh my gosh, crazy stuff. I'm on the New York Times front page <laughs> of course, people are going to go Google that. Go, oh my gosh, this guy's an idiot. Why are you having him on the show? And then they're going to see our lawsuit and false claims and all this junk. Well, I had to stand as general counsel of our church. I had to stand before the elders, And I remember being massively arrogant and pissed that people were questioning my integrity because of a lawsuit. And as the lawyer in me was like, what about innocence? Why is the conclusion made that where there's smoke, there's fire? Because they filed the suit, you must be guilty. And I remember being angry and being so mad at my fellow brother when all I could have done is been like, you know what? I own that. I put myself in a bad situation. We did a deal that we shouldn't have done with people we shouldn't have done it with. And I could have owned it. And I actually blew parts of my witness destroying friendship, being defensive. Arrogant and upset and mad at the world, and even worse, I put Deb in a bad position because when she would go to church, she would be the cheerleader, having to defend my honor, getting nailed with a bunch of people who were really not mad at her, they were mad at me. Right? That I blew it pretty good there, buddy. I uh, heard a lot <laughs> of people in the process. I uh, I they would have you know, Paul said to model what well, if I'm imitating Christ, imitate me imitating Christ and at that moment and then that stuff I wasn't imitating
1: but what could you have done differently you couldn't have prevented the lawsuit you're just talking about the way that you handled the relationships when you got back
0: well I mean if you take it all the way through and accountability back to yourself all the way through I I really look back and I should have never entered into that business transaction Mm. so that was a fruit of the poisonous tree Mm. right It, it followed all the way through The reality is it happened the reality is it's true the reality is that I, I, I own it. The reality is I've actually also been able to forgive myself for it. And I've been able to um, it, repent to my wife and then seek reconciliation with men who I would have um, broken in relationship. And then the rest of it, I'm just going to leave at the Lord's feet and let that be. But that, that was a path of destruction. I blew it. Um, in that process, we had to write a massive big check back in to kind of fix some things, some overreactions by the bank. And I also lied to my wife. She didn't even know we had that much money to cover that check. So I had a whole bunch of stuff I had to, to mm.
1: deal with. Last question on this church piece, because we actually haven't talked about this, but I, I we have a mastermind and these are the conversations I'm hearing a lot. And the questions I'm getting a lot from the members in our group and, um, And even why I think a lot of guys join our group is because there's this rub between, I love my church community, but there's really just nobody in my community or in my small group that is kind of going through the same problems or struggles that I'm going through as a business owner and someone who's, you know, trying to really accomplish a lot in the sense of kind of business growth and development. Um, How do you, or how have you stayed in this path of just, you know, growth I mean you've you're you're crushing it right like you've done so well but yet you've also you know you're the general counsel of your church and you're really serving that body how do you stay in both like it feels and I just have to be honest man like even this week I'm you know my wife and I are in this season of really trying to find a community and I just feel a little discontent because I, I can't really find that group of people that are kind of thinking like me but yet I know I need this people too right that are different than me that are that are the different parts of the body that I can really grow from so I guess I'm just being real with you too and want to know man how how have you done that because I know a lot of guys in our group are really asking that same question
0: you know I, uh, I take a deep breath there for a sec because that's a lot right first off I I, I, I want to um, commend you for wanting to do the thing, the big thing of create a group. That's a lot of work. And so you're doing one thing that I did, which is actually go create something you don't have. And so right. love it. I'm, I'm excited that I'm being invited into it. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, to be around a bunch of other knuckleheads trying to love the Lord and grow a business. I can't wait. Well, um, I think that interestingly, um, I go and seek business development with men I also go and seek fellowship, which is maybe different than business development Mm. from men that may not always have to be uh, in like fellowship. But I'm also, because I look for it, I'm fortunate to have found men who are growing businesses and who are probably chasing the Lord as or harder than they are chasing their business. And so I'm thankful to, to fight to have those men. Now it's taken time, bud. It's taken, like, how old are you? 29. Yeah, so I, I, I can think back in my 30s. I was not running after Jesus. And so since I really, even though I would say I believed in him and the resurrection, I there wasn't really that kind of, he was the Lord of my life. And so I was yeah. just running. And now I'm kind of running and looking who's next to me. And who am I running? And what am I modeling? What am I imitating? And so I'm just trying to find men who I could be in fellowship with. I I I don't have an answer to like an easy button solution to this. You have to keep prayerfully looking. Like and so you've got some of these men in your life, and as you continue to go along, you know, they're you're gonna have flat tires and guys are gonna wreck their life and some guys are gonna get taken out and this kind of rebellion that we've all signed up for, the rebellion that's Christ-led, is 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 a, is a tough warfare-filled battle and. You know, I, I have developed friendships with men at church who have no understanding of the complexity of business ownership, but they understand the love of Christ. I can have that kind of conversation with them. And then I have men in my life who, 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 who probably have a greater propensity to the risk of business and I can ask them questions, but I'm in fellowship because at least I know that they're serving our one true and active living God. And so I can hear their words. You know, we, people get offended by some part, certain parts of scripture because it's true. Like, don't cast your pearls before a swine. Like, that, what that means is, like, you, that you can take that in so many different directions, but, like, we'll be so quick to listen to some perishing advice But what to do, because we cherish this person as a business person, and it's leading to a path of destruction. Well, I think the same thing is true. Like, we don't take fellowship importantly anymore anymore. And so I fight for it. I fight for it everywhere I can. And you know what? I kind of like this really cool chick in the Bible. Her name is Deborah. And, you know, she was a judge. And she was the – there was no other judges. So she's like, well, forget I'll do it. No one else is going to do it. I'll do it. Well, that gives me great inspiration. Where else it doesn't exist, I'll be honest. I'll build it. I'm just going to build it. If I can't find it, I'm just going to build it. But then I'm also really thankful to have some men in my life, no matter where they are, that I have the courage and they have the friendship capacity to be in a relationship together. I ask and they give and they ask and I give. And I'm also thankful to be in an awesome home church that does its great job of not making the path to Jesus complicated. Mm. And so because of that, I, 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 I love that. And so people are like, why are you still there? Because we are making a difference for the kingdom and it's not complicated. And it's not all this heavy religious-osity stuff. And so when you combine all those things together, bud, it's hard. I, with fear and trembling, like I'm in my forties and men are, getting taken out regularly and it gets lonelier and lonelier and lonelier and lonelier and this idea that maybe a couple friends are going to make it through with you all the way in your inner circle. I, I, I'm, I'm encouraging you, by the way. It might not sound like encouragement, but it, your men are going to fall off and be taken out. And I just keep looking for it. I, I, and there's a, there's a, there's a counterfeit version of it at every turn. And so I got to hand that back over to Christ and make sure I'm not yoking with junk and doing things and be honest about what I need to get out of and what he needs to close the door on and what, what, you know, an entrepreneur wants every door open. Yeah. Quite honestly, he doesn't. And so I have so many desires start, stare at my heart. And so for an entrepreneur, I have to say this prayer every day, Lord, I know I've got a whole bunch of things stored up in here, but can you just straighten my paths? Mm. I keep walking around the mountain. I need you to steer me back to you. And by the way, I use men. Oh, I'm so thankful to have a 29-year-old guy who loves the Lord who's like, I have no clue what I'm doing. And guess what? I'm gonna learn some stuff from you. And I'm gonna be in fellowship with you. And if I have the grounding in Christ and the courage to ask, well then, you know, maybe it gets a little less scary. And I love groups like yours. I think it's amazing. I think it's a calling. I think it's critical. Um, I also think there's men in your church that if if we just let our guard down a little bit, there are wonderful men um, and maybe you're being asked to be that wonderful man I, that's a kind of a light bulb maybe if it doesn't exist maybe he's asking you to be deborah in your community
1: yeah no that's that's incredibly convicting uh i don't what you said it just struck me there is a difference um, there is a need for just fellowship sometimes and i think I think what you've exposed for me, and I'll, I'll just be honest because I think this is going to hit so many others. You've ex, you're exposing my idol that you talked about for growth and development. And I always want to be thinking about business and how to, that I, I really struggle in this season right now just to have fellowship.
0: Can I jump on that?
1: Yeah, Can I please.
0: Down? Listen, I think it's so much fun to grow a business right now. I don't want to hear any friction. I love it. What's, what I had to be honest with early on and this is going to be the struggle of a young man in their thirties is, is my identity placed in my success. Mm. And for me, it was. So when we broke that one that got me on the newspaper and I had to give a bunch of money back, my faltering, my despondency, my potential for feeling like a loser was all real because my identity was placed in me being a successful business guy. Well, I'll be honest with you. As I work, to not have my identity placed in all the accolades that go along with, with the world. I still love growing a business and I'm not wanting to break it. But in either case, my hands opened up more to it. And I think I'm I'm not going to get all prosperity on people, but I think I'm actually better at it because I'm not so tying all my identity to whether it's successful or not. Gosh, I would have loved to have known that at 29. I actually would have loved to have known that. And if I'm going to tell my 20 something year old self something is think longer, think longer to some decisions and, and and your identity's not found in it. You were something else before you were ever that and you will be something else after it. Right. You're not it.
1: I I I never um the first time that I met you you to that point. You kept talking about this idea of like we're in a good run right now. And and we're gonna you said that like multiple times. Like, what is he talking about? And I I kind of figured out like, you know, you've been in this game long enough where you have seen businesses go up and you've seen businesses go down. And you say, yeah, we're in a good run. And that hit me like, yeah, maybe you're not always in a good run, right? Like <laughs> so uh that was that was actually a real eye-opener to think like, yeah, like you have to play the long game in this in this world and it's you, you yeah, i mean
0: there's it. a season where you're growing a crop and you water it and the and the lord like you know he is you know the old testament talks about he is the jehovah jireh he is the mm-hmm. provider right i'm not real good at some of all those different names of our god and our father but he provides and at, when there's a harvest the entrepreneur is like triple down triple down triple down i don't believe in balance i believe in priority and perspective and so i have to be honest as an entrepreneur when we're in a good run get a little bit more magnetized to the good run and maybe some other things that could get some more of my time don't i i've learned that you um, have to make sure you put some real perspective on what is getting your priority because um when you're in a good run it's it's intoxicating, and you want more of it and um welcome to the the joy of being an entrepreneur it's funny it's somehow like We've been put into a category that we shouldn't be like every other job. So what if I was the VP of a bank and the bank was having a good run? Does that mean like I'm treated differently because the word entrepreneur means business owner? Like I've sold out. I think our Christian community can get a little judgmental towards the business owner and less so towards the corporate guy. Yeah. We're on the same journey, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it's really good. Um, all right, I wanna. I got. I got one last question. I want to wrap up with. Um, and then if there's anything else you want to add, because then there's a couple things I want to ask you off off camera as well. That I'm. Uh, that i really excited. So I wanna, bad boy <laughs> rolling. Nice <laughs> yeah. I, well, yeah. Then, then we're we we'll, we'll get really rolling. Real I want
0: encouragement before okay. we do anything else. You need to keep doing this, bud. Yeah. Guys yeah. need to know they're not alone. Yeah. Need to know that this is hard. We're not going to give you the easy button answer that we have to continually find a way to be in union with Christ and that we're going to blow it. And we are, we have flesh and this battle is bigger than that. And you know what? Um, Along the way, if we can make sure we don't blow up our life and our our covenant that we made in front of the Lord to our spouse and, and work on things that are wealth building stuff, you need to keep getting this message and having men who want to open up their fig leaf and let guys in to see how really, hard this really is you bragged about my four businesses we never talked about i massively blew up one of them mm-hmm. and gave back most of the fisher empire because in my arrogance i could have steered us away from that and i did not and you know what we can learn as much from that as we can anything else because the testimony is real there too so, but keep doing this this is That's, one that, of the reasons i fall in love with you is because you're doing the hard stuff that most guys don't want to do
1: yeah no, I appreciate that. That'll be round two, by the way, you coming back and talking about how you blew, blew the Fisher Empire. And I, I really uh, I really appreciate that. I, I knew this conversation would be powerful, and I hope people are getting that. And they might need to go back and listen to this a second time just because we've kind of jumped all over the place. But I knew this conversation would be like that because when else do I get the opportunity to sit down with someone who is where I want to be in 30 years um and right, Did you call me eighty. No, no, no. <laughs> Thirty. Wait, afford? Oh, just forget about that. Move forward, right? Um. Anyways, but I do like I, that's a thirty-year you know dream for me to be a successful uh, businessman of not just one but multiple businesses and, and the, to really create kingdom impact. So
0: yeah, but we're twenty years apart. I mean, I really teasingly, you're right, right? There's a, you know, I look at seasons of life, and for me, I'd say that men should look in three to five year sequences and so try to have a vision of what your current season looks like, and can you be courageous enough to ask the Lord to give you a long enough vision to see if you're able to even look into the next season. Mm -hmm. Try not to go any farther than that. Like, we try to do these things. Like, I think it's super hard to look 18 months at, Mm -hmm. and so I should be, when I use things like good run, I'm in a season. I'm in a season of my life, and, you know, where's that season going to go? I I don't want to pray, like, over, like, the shoe dropping. The reality is seasons change,
1: yeah,
0: right. And so, uh, the, you your next season is going to be those thirties, that early thirties, where acquisition is going to be a real thing. Acquisition of kids, acquisition of of responsibility, acquisition of opportunity. It's coming, man. It's coming full force.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm so thankful to have you in my life, man, because <laughs> I'm sure we'll be having more conversations like this. I want to ask you one last thing, and and this is for me as we enter into that season, but I think for a lot of others who. Um, uh, are are where you are? I, I was so impressed at just kind of the way that you figured out your calendar, and you're doing cool things like you take a month off and bring your family on vacation, and you're, um, you know, you have nice stuff. Let's just end with that. Like, you have experienced success. The Lord has prospered you in your business, and you are beginning to enjoy some of that. Do you have a I don't know of any a personal rule, or how do you? Enjoy those things without feeling guilty. Of you know, because you look around and you are going on nicer vacations, and you are taking more time off, and you are driving nicer cars. Like, what's your like? How do you how do you do that in in such a way that you feel your conscience is clear before God, clear before men, and and you can enjoy those things rightly?
0: You know, there's a piece of scripture uh, that Paul wrote. It's in Philippians that says, you know. I've experienced much, I've experienced little, and in all cases, I have you know been content in the Lord um, and I've experienced both of those. I grew up very poor, had a heck of a run, made more money than really, quite honestly, most men you're ever going to run into, gave a whole bunch of it back, made a whole bunch back again. Thankfully, I haven't given it all back <laughs> um. And I, I realize there's a piece of scripture that talks about you know wealth is one of those things that's like a bird. It has wings. It will come and go. And um, when I mean by wealth, I mean riches. I don't mean wealth like in the things that are eternal. And so I just have fun with it. You know, I, he's given me a heart that like i like adventure i like the opportunity to do things but i call memories creating memories i like more than stuff and so anyone who knows me is like well you we can tell by the way you dress you don't like stuff but i like memories like i'll be the first guy to add a extra zero on going doing some epic experience and and i'm great with that and i have a lot of fun with it and at the same time i'm thankfully he's made me a joyous giver i love the generosity of giving and blessing others Like. They both go together. It's just like part of my heart. So I, uh, I don't. I actually am really thankful. I don't know if it's ignorance. It's just not <laughs> not being smart. It's just a joyful. I don't. I don't tend to be jealous or covet others. I also tend to not get fired up and having fun with what I got. I really am thankful for that. That's that's where I get accused of being arrogant the most. And I would say that I found great comfort in just kind of freely living with it. You know, it's going to come and go. I've watched that come and go personally. And I don't just have to rely on Paul's scripture for that. The rest of that verse talks about where he's shipwrecked and he's this and he's that. And I'm like, oh, I totally know all of those emotions. So I just have fun with it. And I'll tell you the final thing. I was a lawyer in my early days. And I remember one day I had enough. I was doing corporate work. I was an M&A guy doing small business practice stuff. And I was always sitting with what I call Bill and Jane. And Bill and Jane would be this later stage couple who had a family business. And they were getting ready to transfer it to either their sons or sell it to some third party. and I was their lawyer. I can't tell you how often Jane would say to Bill, oh, we never took vacations. We never did this. We never did that. And guess what would happen to Bill right after we were done with the transaction? he would have some diagnosis of some awful thing that didn't allow Bill and Jane to do anything. Well, one day I'd had enough of that. I had a really close guy in my life. It was an older sagey kind of guy who came down with a diagnosis that took him out in six months. I went home to Deb and I said, that's it. I was in like my late thirties. And I remember saying, we are not living like this. I don't care if we spend all the money we have we are going to and start enjoying it now and i would say to all the men out there women too but invest in the relationship and have fun deb and i travel places we take a two week vacation even when we had young kids now we just go somewhere we have fun and i don't i don't i don't even feel awful about that cuz i think of bill and jane and i'm just using that name as a theory of name right. because i want you to understand that so many people save up for something later and we haven't been promised tomorrow and so that scripture is real and i've seen it and i've watched people of wealth save up for something they never do and i know i said deb someday we'll be on the cruise and canes tour but until then we're gonna have a blast until we get to the cruises and canes right, and if right. we get there what a great opportunity that'll be too right. and so we just go out and have fun i'm trying to be a good steward i'm trying not to blow it all and live on if come instead of income but at the same time i I I very much fear that man who stored it all up and built a second barn. Mm.
1: Mm. Guys, if you enjoyed, if you're enjoying this episode, I just, please take a screenshot right now and go share this on your social media platforms. I, this has been an incredible, powerful episode for me personally. We shared so much. I feel like we got really real that I knew, I knew this had the potential to be that and it definitely did not disappoint me. So please Uh, If this has meant something to you today, I would really appreciate taking a screenshot, sharing it on your social media platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, tag me in there so I can interact with you and get to know you kind of hear your feedback. Vinny, man, to, to uh, finish this up, tell us again where people uh, can go get those resources. can get, you know, learn more about you and your company, um, you know, to, to wrap us up.
0: Yeah. So um, Vinny Fisher, you know, V I N N I E Fisher. You can find me anywhere, Facebook, Twitter, you know, I have a team that manages parts of that LinkedIn. I'm very accessible. I'm also accessible at fullyaccountable.com. We also have a gift page for our community here at fullyaccountablecom forward slash kingdom capitalists, where we have gift free gifts for you all. Please take advantage of it. They're yours. We want to help. So we're giving back. And then I'm just available. Like, like I, I want to encourage all of you that this stuff is hard and I've been given a, a privilege to. Um, grow some and continue to grow it and lead leaders. And and wherever you are in that journey, you've got brothers like us who are in it with you. So yeah. thanks a lot for having me on the show.
1: Today. Yeah, man. I just, and i have to say this again. This is not a, a massive pitch because there's only a limited spots, but we've put together a mastermind to bring together folks like Vinny to serve as advisors and mentors for those who are building businesses right now it's real estate industry focused um Mm -hmm. so that's kind of where you have to be um but if you're interested go to keenumcapitalist.co because our heart is to begin to continue to wrestle with issues like this and we need one another to be able to do that and I'll be honest I feel like we're missing out because we we need we want some more guys who are really doing this well or at least trying to do this well in that group and so um in a lot of ways, I'm saying, "Hey, like we're we're missing you, a part of to be part of this group. We're having a great time without you. Don't get me wrong, but we're also missing you." So, I, in don't, I don't think we're each other's lives by accident.
0: And it's, yeah. it's exciting to see what happens
1: next. Yeah, man. So, thank you so much, audience. Uh, love, love this time, and um, uh, we'll see you next week. Cheers. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this show today. If you want to learn more about our community, you're going to want to visit us at KingdomCapitalist.co. There, you can find info on our private mastermind. And even subscribe to our newsletter to get updates on new shows. And last but not least, land opportunities to get private trainings and coaching calls with the guests of this show. If you're enjoying this show, please take a minute to leave us a five-star review and also share this with a friend. We'll see you next time.